reality out of the book. One thing that the book talks about, I'll read, I'll read this paragraph here to get you, to just to give you some context. So it, it's a series of meditations, and after a meditation on the Trinity, and describing the Trinity as a communion of love, then the med- meditation on creation, that God created everything for love, to enjoy that communion. And then a meditation on sin, the rupture of that love, then God's plan of redemption, the restoration of this communion of love. And of course, this restoration was brought about by the Incarnation. So the Incarnation as this essential chapter in this plan of of restoration of the communion of love. And he says this about the Incarnation, a a paragraph about, about the Incarnation. Jesus experiences with us and for us our own original experience, what we would have experienced had there not been the fall. Not only in the heart of his divine life in the Trinity, of course, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, has always been within the Trinity, always in that perfect communion of love, but now as an infant in his mother's arms. He has the same intuition of love as we do, And yet, this is but the transposition of his eternal experience as the beloved son of the Father into time. In time. So he always enjoyed this communion of love in the Trinity. And so now that same communion, that same experience of that community, he is now experiencing as a human person in the arms of Mary. So transposed into a human mind and heart. In other words, when his human consciousness awakens to the mystery of love, of course, Jesus was always God, but also 100% man, and he grew in wisdom and stature. So he experienced these things as a human would. His human consciousness awakens to the mystery of love, which he first encounters in the loving face of Mary, as babies usually do, right? First in the face of their mother. He immediately recognizes it as the all-enveloping love of his Heavenly Father. Oh, this is familiar. This is the communion of love that I've known for all of existence, all of eternity. Further, as he awakens to self-consciousness, he knows who he is, the beloved son of such a loving father. This knowledge of being, this, this lived experience of being Mary's son, is now a stepping stone for him to know himself as a beloved son of the Father. Therefore, his being cradled in the arms of his mother is but an expression of his being cradled forever in the arms of his heavenly Father. Here, the image and the reality, human love and Trinitarian love, so the image, lowercase image, what we experience here is just an image, it's a, it's a reflection of what is the reality, capital R reality, which is the love of the Trinity. Human love and Trinitarian love meet and intersect in the most profound way. Here, and this line is beautiful, here love, and all these loves are capital, capital love, so here love himself, Jesus, is held in the arms of love, the Trinity, and mediating this encounter between love and love, between Jesus and the Trinity, between Father and Son, is a humble woman, the Blessed Virgin Mary. I'll just read that again without my commentary. Here, love himself is held in the arms of love 
and mediating this encounter between love and love, between father and son, is a humble woman, the Blessed Virgin Mary. If that's too abstract, let me try to make it more tangible. Once I was at a friend's house, and he had two young children at the time, and I was sitting on the couch with him, with my friend, and the older son, who was maybe two years old, was on the couch with us. And the younger son, who was just a little, little toddler, little baby, just learning to walk, was in one of those walkers, you know, one of those, you know what it is, that has a circle and a little, with little wheels underneath him. And, and he's just straddled in one of those things. And he had just learned that he could jump in this little walker. And so now he, he jumps and he starts laughing. And his mother, who was there with us, got down on the floor and was just looking at him eye to eye, just this far apart, a foot apart, just gazing at each other. And he would jump and he would start laughing and she would start laughing in return. And that would make him laugh even more, which would make her, her laugh even more. And they would do this for a few mo- moments and then he would jump again and it would repeat the cycle. And I'm sitting there with my friend in his house, in their house, and I'm just watching this scene and I'm thinking to myself, this, this baby knows through and through that he is loved, that he is a beloved son of his mother. That little scene was just an expression of that, just a little glimpse of that. This baby knowing that he is a beloved son of his mother. And of course, a beloved son of his father, but first of all, of his mother, right? He's, that, that experience is most accessible to him, most immediately accessible to him. And living in his father's house. This is the context, right? Always in the father's house. Now, we all have mothers. Or we all have had mothers. But in different degrees of, of relating to that, right? None of us had Mary as our biological mother, unfortunately. No, just kidding. Thank you, Mom, for being my mom. But whether we had really present, really loving, really encouraging, affirming mothers, or mothers who really struggled with sin, with their own sin, with their own addiction, with their own insecurities, and being really distant or harsh or what have you, Whatever the situation was for ourselves or has been for ourselves, the Christian invitation is we can have Mary as our mother. We can have Mary as our mother. Wherever we find ourselves in our relationships with our own biological mothers, we now have access to God's mother to God's own mother, to Jesus' own mother, who is perfect. She is a perfect mother. She is the mother who never sinned, who is never absent. And she now can become ours. And her heart is immaculate, and now through this relationship, we can receive her immaculate heart. And we too can be conformed to the sacred heart of her son. And how does this happen? Well, we can look to the saints always for, an, for inspiration, for a, a model. 
And one such example is St. Catherine Labore. Her mother died, died, her own mother, her own biological mother, died when she was nine years old. Nine years old. And I have her funeral, she cried and cried and cried and cried, grieving the loss of her mother, whom she loved so dearly. And then immediately after she was done crying, she saw a Marian statue in the cemetery and ran to that statue. Little nine-year-old Catherine looked at that statue, shook that statue and said, you have to be my mother now. And so she was, so she became. And St. Catherine, of course, grew up to become a religious sister and then to receive apparitions of Mary. Mary actually appeared to her several times, gave her the image of the miraculous medal, which was, became widespread throughout the church. But more than that, not just what mission came out of this, more importantly, Mary would sit down at a chair in the chapel and then an angel would go to St. Catherine's cell in her convent and would tell her, okay, you have to go see Mary now. And she'd get out of bed and put on everything, put on her, her whole vestments, her gown and her headdress and everything that she wore as a religious. She would get ready to go see Mary. And then she would come down and she would kneel by her side and put her hands on her lap. This is the only apparition where the person receiving the vision actually touched Mary. And not just touched, you know, and ran. She actually laid her hands on her lap and rested there. Okay, maybe we're not going to have that. Maybe we're not, that'd be nice, but maybe we're not going to have that apparition. And we don't want to yearn for that. We don't want to grasp for that. That can, be, that can be unhealthy in a spiritual sense. But in our own prayer life, we can indeed have that relationship. We can indeed have this mother-son, mother-daughter relationship with her. Not just of doing devotions, that's important, that sets the stage. Not just of doing things for Mary, that's great, that's a good mission, she likes that. But most importantly, to have this heart-to-heart relationship with her. And we don't do this ourselves, we don't create this ourselves. We go to her and we ask her for it. And we say, we'll be with the words of St. Catherine Labore. Mary, you have to be my mother now. <laughs>